Today we actually have Chief Tom Wallace and Chief Scott Skeldon. And we're listening to our uh, patrons that come to the conference. Well, we can get everything on the internet. Well, you missed the networking. Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. I'm your host, Clayton O'Brien, and I'm the fire chief from the city of Napoleon, and I'm an active member of the association. I currently sit on the executive board for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Foundation, and I became an association fellow in 2021 as part of class number 10. The Ohio Fire Chiefs Association exists to improve the safety of Ohio by leading, representing, educating, and supporting Ohio emergency services. This podcast is not only for the members of the association, but also for any other fire and emergency service leaders. It is the purpose of the association to promote education, best practices, and study ways and means to cope with the ever-increasing need for a better understanding of the complex problems which are being presented to the fire protection and emergency services of our nation today. I'm joined by my co-host and my assistant chief, Joel Fry. Thanks, Clayton. Hello, I am Joel Fry, Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue. I am a current member of the OFCA, and I currently sit on the Education Committee. I am happy to be here, striving to advance the fire service as a whole. Welcome to episode number two of the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs. Today, we actually have Chief Tom Wallace and Chief Scott Skeldon, who's going to talk to us all about the annual conference. So as we get started, Chiefs, uh, let's just go through introductions, and we'll start with you, Chief Tom Wallace. Okay, my name is Chief Tom Wallace. The fire department I had was chief at is the Farmersville Fire Association. I started with them back in 1970 and, then, and moved on there. From 1970 to 1977, I was lieutenant, captain, and then on the 29th of 77, I became the chief. So I've been chief quite a while, but of course now, you know, I'm retired and it just helped me with doing that conference work, what it does. But uh, 50 years of what I actually put in of the fire service. Before that, I was in the Navy, and I also did firefighting in the Navy. So that's where I stand, and I've enjoyed working with the Ohio Fire Chiefs. Once I became chief in the first year, right off the bat, I started going to the conferences. Wow, that's pretty impressive, Chief. 50 years. Wow, that is a long time. That's a lot to be proud of, for sure. Chief Scott Skeldon, uh, you want to give us a little introduction? Tell us who you are and where you're from. I am Scott Skeldon. I'm a retired fire chief from Jerome Township, which is in Union County. Uh, I've been in the fire service 44 years, starting as a, a volunteer with my home department in West Jefferson Township in Madison County. I uh, also was a career firefighter in uh, Norwich Township in Franklin County before we started the department in Jerome from scratch. I got involved with the high fire chiefs in 1992, and then I started helping Tom with 1997 with the conference. What year was that? What year was the very first conference? That would have been in, in uh, August, four, five, and six. In 1910, it was in Toledo. Now, the first president of a conference that we had, he was a gentleman from Columbus Fire Department. 
Assistant Chief Jack Welsh. So uh, it's it's been a while. <laughs> so as far as the uh, format goes for the conference is. Can you just kind of elaborate a little bit on um, where, when it first started, kind of how the layout was there in Toledo to maybe mm-hmm. just a little, little uh, insight of what it is like today. And I mean, we'll get into a lot more of the details, but just kind of give us a little brief overview. Well, it, when it first started, they would meet in a big hall or whatever. And if you happen to ever be in our office, there's a picture hangs in there of one of the first conferences. And some of the people were in uniforms and Navy or whatever, and they actually held their meetings that way. And then it progressed through and started getting into a new format. Now, I don't know the ones during 1911 or whatever, what their full format was, but I know we had what they call the charitable trust that we would have for the volunteers because it started out as volunteers. So it made a world of difference when they started changing and we in the process changed that. We've gone through so many different what day it starts. Like right now it starts on Monday to Friday. At one time it started on a Friday and then we had we started also on a Saturday. We've gone through different things trying to meet the needs of the people. Of course, the last years we've been doing the what we call the full-time uh, registration type, where the folks mostly are full-timers that come. But it's set up for volunteers on up for the conference to make sure they can get involved. But some of the folks do have to take vacation time to get that. Now, when you talk about the uh, folks having to get there, how do they get there? How do they register? Um, what are the prices? Are there any scholarships out there for them to seek out? We have at least probably two or three different type of scholarships that you can get out. The best thing to do is go online through our website and look at the ones. And then if you have any questions, don't hesitate to call our staff and they can do it. And there is some restrictions because some of the... Um, scholarships they get comes from a utility company and they want people out of their jurisdiction to get the scholarships but we've been pretty fortunate that we give out we give one for sure that i take out of the conference money to get one started with pays hotel and everything and then they have the ones uh, that dominion is also putting out some are different, some are full, some are partial. So it just depends on what the best thing to do is contact the office and they can enlighten you with all the needs. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. You brought up the um, scholarship with the OGEPS because I actually received that scholarship my first year. Great. Glad you did. Now, you must be working out. <laughs> <laughs> now, one more question, uh, Chief. So, what do they got to do to get those scholarships? Is it like an essay or is it just an application? What is it that it takes to be able to get it? One, it's an essay with so many you know, words and everything in it. The other one's if you put in for the need and write a short essay type along that line that you can get the words. So a little bit of work, but not very much for what you're saving your department money and everything. So it's great. 
That is great. I know that the Dominion being on the board there, I know that we do offer uh, a scholarship as well through the Innovation Fund, uh, Innovation Award um, each year that uh, those nominees come through and be able to be selected. Now, I know that that hasn't been selected yet this year for uh, this year's conference, but uh, soon to be. So um, always That's a good correct. thing. I'm waiting on the information to put in my agenda stuff. <laughs> Now, so with the conference, you know, my first year I went, I was uh, pretty nervous about, you know, all the background. Do I, do I wear a certain attire? Do I not wear a certain attire? So what do people generally wear at the conference or what do they need to bring? Well, what we suggest, we have a, what we call a clothing guideline. That's what we have. We even go in as much as putting in what day we suggest. For example, like Monday as a casual tar for classes and but if come monday evening when we have the opening ceremonies we want in class a or business attire for the opening ceremonies we want to show respect to the people we're honoring so we ask that the people do that tuesday basically is a class or vendor stuff you can wear what we call just regular casual attire. Now, I do know sometimes people have what they call casual attire, is real short shorts or whatever. Common sense. Let's go, guys. Common sense makes a difference. And then on Wednesday, same thing, casual with evening activities, just the receptions we have. That's casual that night. Thursday during the day, just regular class, casual. Thursday evening now, Thursday evening is the banquet. And of course, we would like for the folks to dress up accordingly. We like it when we see people in their class A. We've gone through stages where a group sometimes would do class A and when a big group would say, well, I don't want to wear a suit. I don't want to wear the monkey suit or something they'll say. So it's things like that that we're trying to address to make sure they have the right clothing. So uh, when you talked about the opening ceremonies, uh, what so what's all included in the opening ceremonies? We wear our class A's. We're, if what I remember, we were in the Regent Hall. But uh, you said that uh, we honor some different people during that ceremony. What, what's all included in the opening ceremony? Well, we honor the people like past chiefs who passed on during that time period. And we run that from... June, 1st of June till the next year around, anybody falls in that time period. We don't try to honor them once we say they're with the two weeks when their husband just passed away. We try to make sure we do that. So it would help if people know of a chief who's passed away to get it to our office. We would greatly appreciate that. We try to honor everybody. And then, of course, we honor the fallen firefighters as well that's passed on. That gets kind of tricky sometimes because we have to make sure we follow into the time period that that person's being honored by the line of duty death folks. And our line of duty death team takes care of honoring them for leading them in or whatever. Uh, so we try to make sure we promote them and then we We've done special things that are like a 
So, Chief, we're going to move on. We're going to talk to a little bit about some of the classes that's offered at the conference. I know that uh, since going to the conference since uh, 2015, I have been very, very impressed with the content uh, that's delivered at that conference. I feel like it's always very uh, progressive very innovative and uh, I guess gives us that kind of that recharge for uh, Joel and I when we come back to our station. So I'm sure if it does it for us, it does it for a lot of other individuals. Uh, But let's walk through the process just starting out of like, how do we select those classes? Who gets selected? If if I was an instructor and I wanted to teach at the conference, you know, what is that process? Okay. Well, first of all, I work on that very hard. I spend a lot of hours on that. And what we tell people, they'll start calling us probably in September of the prior year. When different ones say, hey, I'd like to make a proposal. We also send out notice that we're accepting proposals so that it's a form that you can, looks like that, and then we fill them out, and then that's how we do and they, it's a questionnaire as well because we ask how much experience they have, what they're talking on. We want a synopsis of the class, what they're going to want to charge or not charge. We're pretty fortunate because we get such good people who donate a lot of their time. So that helps a lot. And we will get that all year long, and we will move them around as we, we see fit. We've been trying to do a tracking system that we can follow by the color code, but that's a little hard to do because some of these classes overlap each other in what they're promoting. But the biggest thing is I have people call me all the time saying I got something. So when they call me, I say send them in the following information. And that's where we look. Uh, The biggest thing, because we get some uh, speakers that are really outstanding and they don't charge an arm and a leg and and that we get a lot of different suggestions on what they want. The problem we run into a lot of times, some speakers are way out of control for the money side. You know, when they start getting into five, six and seven thousand, that's getting a little hard. But we're very fortunate in what we've been getting. And I try to work with them. And I'm, I'm constantly asking different groups like the OFE class, uh, the other, any other spatial group. If you want something, tell me and give me a suggestion who fills that slot. That's the biggest thing. Now, do they just uh, submit that form directly to you or where, where do they get the form at? The form you get from the office and everything, and then it comes back to the offers or to me, it comes to both places. We sit down and we'll go over them. Like we're going to be doing some this Wednesday. We got to all the speakers that we're going to have as far as the, the tracking. That's where what stands out the most for one may not be the other. Now, sometimes we'll get gigged because they say, you needed to have that class more than once. Well, sometimes the speaker doesn't want to give it more than once. And so we have to kind of buy by them. And we also, some speakers worry about their material being spread around. 
and they they don't want to give it out very freely. And I can understand that from a, protecting your what you do, because some of the folks work very hard on putting together these workshops. And then down the road, they just keep calling or whatever. And we get suggestions and then we have to review them so they don't conflict with vendors and different things. Please join us this year, July 18th through the 22nd at the Ohio Fire and Rescue Officer Development Conference. It's located at the Hilton Columbus at Easton. There's many different tracks available, including the Officer Development Track, Wellness and Safety Track, Human Relations, Special, or the Volunteer. But hurry up because early registration is due by 6.30 to be able to get your special pricing. Hope to see you there. Usually when I go down the conference, I notice kind of a, a theme to the classes. But this year, it seems like there's a quite a bit of mixture to the classes, which I think is great. Um, I think that they all look really good going through the uh, conference uh, itinerary. And where would someone find that kind of information on the classes, where to see what classes website. we have? They should be on the website. See, what we've been also doing, we retake the classes get them over the EMS folks, let them reviewing. And if they do, then we can count those for hours for EMS hours. Now we can always count for firefighter hours, as you know, the chief has to sign off on them. But where we have to be cautious is with EMS to make sure. And we found over the years, sometimes some of the classes really look not so much for EMS, but fire, but the, they still honored it because it's they it's for special like office work and things like that. Well, I do know that uh, over the last couple of years, I've seen the, um, you, well, you and your board that has put together the conference kind of made some changes. Uh, so a lot of those classes wouldn't overlap depending on like what kind of track you were going to take. Because like yeah. what I noticed in this registration this year, you know, the officer development track, uh, the wellness and safety track the human relations track or just the special track. And lastly, that volunteer track. So it doesn't matter if you're a fire chief of a very small volunteer department or a large metropolitan department, uh, there's always going to be a class here that's going to be able to, you know, spark your interest and you're going to want to be a part of. But what I really like is that if you were just really wanting to be focused on just officer development for this year, you just pick all the purple classes and you're going to go to the purple classes. If you're really mm. into safety and health and wellness, then you're just going to go to all the classes in orange. Um, but if you wanted to do both, you just pick and choose and go from there. So I do think that, uh, you know, the, the layout, I think over the years that I've seen as it's transitioned to this more track types of classes of where to choose and kind of which ones we want to be in, I think is probably a lot of work on you guys up front to be able to select where that class is going to fall at, uh, but makes it very simple for us on the other end. Well, that's good. We appreciate that because one thing we're doing Wednesday is rechecking the tracking on these classes at our committee meeting making sure because some may well this might be a little more leaning towards this way and it's kind of funny sometimes because some people doesn't understand what we do and then we understand that 
one other class I wanted to hit on was the fire safety inspector class, which I believe is the special registration class. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, our group from our fire safety folks, Captain Cokehead from up in Willoughby, uh, he helps me with that. He takes care of getting something for that group because they need hours, you know, just like everybody else. And they pick it and he, he usually gets some free folks. Rich will be coming in doing some presentation along that line as well. And it just makes it easier to get some of the special people for that type of class. And then that would also be for the, they can come just for that. Some of the folks will come be the regular conference and go for that as well. They can use it as part of the conference, which is okay with us. It all fits together. Chief Skeldon, I know you're out there, so give us a little bit of your feedback on those classes, what your thoughts are, and, and kind of where where you see it going at this year. Well, as you've mentioned, we, we went with the track system. We are listening to our uh, patrons that come to the conference. Before Chief Wallace would just pick things out, we've kind of, kind of uh, followed the lead of the international fire chiefs because they did have career tracks. Uh, this will be the second year that we've done it. So far, it's been doing very well. And as Chief Wallace mentioned, we'll be getting together this Wednesday to uh, solidify some of those development tracks. Now, that's a good thing to say. That is the Ohio Fire and Rescue Officer Development Conference. This isn't just for chiefs, is it? That's correct. A uh, number of years ago, we again, we listened to our, our membership. We started allowing uh, company officers to be a part of the, the group. And uh, with allowing the the, the uh, lower ranks to be a part of that, we obviously had to change our, our conference uh, guidelines and thus the uh, promotional track situation. Well, and that's uh, one of the things that's indicated on the registration is that each one of these classes can be used for your Ohio fire designation or your OFC or um, your fire officer designation as well. So uh, it makes it uh, great for either types of those individuals to attend these classes and to get down there and, you know, just see some networking. But a lot of networking for firefighters comes over the vendor show and food and things of that nature. So I know it's just quite the experience of seeing as many vendors as you guys get there and coordinate into the into that hotel so let's let's talk about some of our vendors inside and outside one of the good things about the vendors the vendors is what truly makes our show if we didn't have our vendors we wouldn't have the shows the outside vendors obviously we have the suppens the pierces the rosenbauers on the fire side uh, we have hortons and bronze on the ems side so they do a great job, and those are big supporters, and some of them have been with us uh, since the 60s. Uh, the inside vendors, we still have, the, you know, whether you're doing uh, thermal imaging cameras or uh, fitness, uh, we have quite a few of those. We have several hundred vendors at a time, both inside and outside. Um, if you wanted to be a vendor, again, Tom, Chief Wallace re reflects back to the web webpage. We have uh, a special uh, forms for the vendors each January. We, we, when we have those uh, forms turned in to us, uh, th that's when they get their, their assignments to where they're going to be. And they have, it is kind of a battle sometimes to uh, get the vendors where they like to be because they want to be seen and they want to, they want to be by the doors or they want to be by the outside food vendor area. So uh, our vendors are truly what makes our conference 
and if we didn't have the vendors, we wouldn't really have much of a, a, a conference. Well, I know a lot of the vendors, uh, sometimes that we see them throughout the year, but majority of the time that we see, we work with a couple vendors down there that we only see once a year and that's at the conference. And, um, so, uh, when they select their spots or they get their spots, does it, does the cost wise go by the size and where they're located and, and how does all that work? For an inside vendor, the space is eight by 10 is what it is for seven fifty. If they want more space added onto it, it's a lot less and we can keep building on where they got two or three spots and all like that. Same way as outside, but outside are 20 by 20 space. And then they, for example, as Chief Skelton said, some of those folks will have seven, eight booth spaces. Because when you talk about the trucks and boats or whatever you have, it does cost uh, more for those. But we also started something new years ago where if you wanted to be inside and outside, I'd give you a reduced price of only 300 for the outside one, just so that we could draw you and it hasn't paid off. Outside, we have about 92 booth spaces, okay? Inside, we have right at 126, okay? It says 117 if you look on the maps and everything, but there's a group that just has alphabet, okay? So somebody will check that. And those groups more like 550 for the what we call tabletop, but the full with the pipe and drape, it's the 750 and all. And we have a, a working relationship with those folks because we hold meetings with them and we get their input and they make their rules for the other vendors so that we try to keep peace. When I took over many years ago, we had a lot of problems. Of course, we were wasting a lot of the time for these vendors because we had like three and a half days you don't need three and a half days to see our show. So now we're just down to the upper afternoon in the morning, and they love it because we answered what their wishes were. I know I love it too, because it does, it seems like the balance to be able to balance the time with the vendors and the time in your classroom makes it, you know, uh, very easily able to manage for that day and a half that's, that's going on. So. See, one of the things we do about scheduling all of all this, we try to make sure we leave that open for the vendors. And they really appreciate it, and it's basically the way we've been doing it. And then not only that, but we try to work in committee meetings for at the conference. Now, that's where sometimes they'll catch and say, well, I wanted to go to this class, and I that, but I go to the committee chair and say, what would you like? Or do you want to have a meeting or not? And if they say yes, then we got to fit it in. So it's a little bit different this year. One thing we've added back is there will be a business meeting on Monday morning. So it'll be about an hour and 15 minute business meeting. Last couple of years, we haven't had that. And we wanted, we got one on the surveys. We turned out they wanted it back. So that's what we're doing now what all is going to be in that that'll be up to the president and all we'll go that way 
it's pretty affordable for the vendors, uh, whether you're inside or outside, depending on what you got to display, the amount of interactions that you get. And I know that a lot of times when I talk to them, they talk about you're talking directly to the individuals that are the decision makers. And that's what I get the feedback from the vendors is that they really like this show and put a lot into it this show because they are talking to the decision makers. We've been fortunate enough that uh, other states have their show and everything, and the the international for the Great Lakes area has been to our show. They say we have the best show for the Great Lakes area with all the local departments. I just would love to get more people to it. Yeah, I know that we've uh, we've used quite a bit of those vendors that we've met for the first time there and continue to use their service now. So it's a great show. I can tell you right now, we have more different vendors I've already gotten than what we had before. So we're going to have some new people. Awesome. Boot company is going to be there. <laughs> My first year at the conference, I remember I didn't even get to stay at the Hilton uh, because it was all booked up. Uh, so I had to stay down the road uh, because it was my first year. I just became chief in April and the conference being in July, uh, getting scheduled for it. And then I find myself that was down there. So it's kind of my encouragement to every year, make sure that I register early and get those, you know, get that room taken care of early. How many participants or how many people do you think, uh, what is the number of attendees, I guess, for the conference? Okay, well, attendees last year, it was down some. And everybody knows because it was first back. We're hoping to have that up. Only we like to be around 225 to 250 at, at least. Now, we weren't that last year for sure. But uh, we're trying more and more to, to get them in there. And uh, it does pay off to keep asking new chiefs. The thing is, the new chiefs are thinking a little bit different in the world from the standpoint, well, we can get everything on the Internet. Well, you miss the networking. Networking, and that's one of the things we've been working on on Wednesday night. We got four different roundtables for networking. Peer and on uh, the ladies going to have a networking table. And we got some health issue stuff. So we got several. If you look on the schedule, you will see that. Yeah. So about the networking, um, a lot happens during the classrooms and in the in the hotel setting. But what about City of Easton and what do they have to offer for the Chiefs after hours and maybe where they go about well, um, talking to each other and where do they go to eat around there? Well, as far as eating... There's many, many places. P.F. Chang is right out the front door for that one. Then you're going down, Lewinsky and Smith is there. Uh, there's so many small hamburger places, maybe a rusty bucket. I mean, they're just a big group of them. Then you, if you want to get in your car and drive, there's another big group of them out there along by Moss Road that you can eat and have enjoy. Uh, that place is very busy on Friday nights and all. So but normally Friday we won't be there, but I guarantee you there'll be people and change the way to do because our format's different now. We used to have a banquet and entertainment on what was Saturday night would have been Tuesday night. 
but the people kept saying they wanted something different. So this is when we went to the networking to also have a cocktail hour time. And you could network, have shrimp if you wanted. And, you know, we definitely, that and that bacon with the caramel icing on it, they liked that. So eating there. Now, the hotel has good food, but if you're going to ask me, everything's expensive there. Gratuities, 22% and all, you know. If you're going to be going for the hotel, it's $164. Then you got for tax, $750 for the regular tax and 10% for bed tax. You have to pay the bed tax. You don't have to pay the regular sales tax, but you do have to bring the paperwork from your city or your township. This episode is sponsored by the conference committee chaired by Chief Tom Wallace. Conference committee meets in September, November, January, and April, and then come to the conference. They meet in person and online. If you want to be part of a group that's strong with learning and networking and gain a better understanding of how the conference operates, please contact Chief Wallace or go online to www.ohiofirechiefs.org. Now you talked a little bit about the, some of those committees and some of the roundtables and the networking. I think there, uh, there is this year a night maybe set aside for that, for the roundtables to talk about? Wednesday night is that. Because Tuesday night we have the roundtables with the vendors and all, but not really roundtables, but open bar and everything. So that you can go with your buddy from who you just placed a big order over here and it's all part of your package if you look at your package for 435 dollars you may sound a lot but let me tell you that is nothing but for food things are expensive at the hill no doubt but we can't find a place to hold this meet the needs of the vendors they like it here because we meet their needs well, I like it too, just because of the, uh, not only the location, the Hilton's always really nice, uh, place. It has the space, but like you said, you can walk outside, walk down the sidewalk and you are involved in whatever else you want. So if you don't want to eat there at the hotel, you want to eat at PF Chang's or you want to eat at Mitchell's or you want to eat at the Italian or, you know, there's just all those different selections, uh, you know, to be able to go to. Yeah, not to mention the coffee rolls in the morning, every morning, and then you get the soda breaks uh, in between classes. I mean, it's it's really set up well. Well, and the lunch, too. I mean, uh, on top of that, you're talking about, yeah, the, the coffee, the rolls in the morning, which is all Starbucks. And then, um, then you know, and, they, and I get the, the parking garage is where they have the, the lunches. And if I remember, it's, you know, uh, deli sandwiches on maybe one of the days or hamburgers, hot dogs on the other days. But it's definitely, uh, you're not walking out of there hungry, I can tell you that. Well, that's good. And uh, we do get gigs sometimes because people say it's always the same meal. Well... There's only so many different kind of meals that you can prepare for a group like us. And the reason it's out in the garage was because we use all the vendor space and we would have to lose that. So, but it kind of tickled me when somebody said, why don't why you have the same food? I said, I have to go. That lunch cost us almost $35 just for one person. If you can understand the money and everything I'm, 
kind of laugh like I'm the money person, but I watch closely. I can tell you how many gallons of coffee we use, how much pop, because I track that because I have to guess how much to order because that stuff is so expensive. And we have to also buy so much food to meet our contract. For example, I got to have $75,000 in food costs. So that makes a difference. I have to guess how many beds to reserve for the hotel. And if we don't meet that, then we have to pay for those beds. So you get the picture now. There's uh, a lot to that. Well, I don't think you can go wrong with hamburgers and hot dogs or deli sandwiches for firemen. I mean, uh, I, I know at our firehouse, we'll just eat whatever. I mean, and if it's on the table and it's not yours, it's still going to get ate too. So I think that uh, you just really can't go wrong for, uh, you know, what you're getting there. And uh, the quality of the food is is something to uh you know, to be proud of, because I think that, you know, not only is it in the parking garage, but uh, that did give us some other times of when the vendors come out there and sit. And I know that some of the executive board comes out there and sits with a lot of the different tables and, and you're able to learn about different things that are going on there. I know uh, last year, the big mission of uh, Chief Joe Kitchen was, you know, talking to everybody about getting involved in the committees and, and trying to make it a personal uh, invitation from him uh, to get involved in a committee and he made it around to a lot of the well a lot of the executive board members did but i i know that chief joe kitchen came to ours so so what other entertainment is there uh we we do the committees we do the uh round tables uh what other things is there out there is there anything that we missed that you wanted to touch base on about the conference before we get wrapped up a little bit of history some for example if you was to go to a conference now, this would be your conference badge. I don't know if you can see that or not, but that's the badge. And then I also fortunate enough to have, this is the thing for the 100th anniversary, but it talks about the year. Can you see it all right? Yep, yep, we can Where see it. it started. A good, very good dear friend of mine gave me this. And they had it made up. And he's on the other side. <laughs> he's Scott Stillman. And we were good together. I have probably one of the best teams you can ask for. I have a group of probably about seven or eight that have worked with me all along, have joined in at different times with the association and to be on the uh, committee for the lot. So that's what makes it such a thing. There's, uh, of course, Chief Skeldon, retired Chief Matt Noble, Clyde McKenzie, Tom Stewart. We just got a whole group of chiefs that have worked with us, and they come and they put in the hours. They, because we'll start setting up with the conference starting on Monday. We'll start setting things up on Saturday. Of course, we've got folks at the office, the ladies that work there, and, of course, Michelle, our executive director, outstanding people. We've We've made changes from what we were doing 10, 15 years ago to now for the conference. And we're constantly looking for ways to improve it and uh, show that we're meeting the needs of the chief's request. 
So that frame, that plaque there that you just held up, what, did you say that Chief Scott Skelton made that for you? Did he give that to you? Yes, he did. Yeah, so um, I, I noticed what I seen there was a, a picture. It must have been of maybe the – a uh, few of you there that are part of the board uh, or I, I couldn't uh, exactly make it out, but I'm trying to just explain it for the people that wouldn't be able to see it. What's all it, on well, there. It's a, uh, it's a picture of what we call the Chunkendales. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was taken at our hundredth anniversary celebration. Was any of you folks probably not there during that time of, not we during that a, time. When, uh, when, so tell us when the, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't there just by ga- gauging by the look of that picture. It looked old. Uh, but <laughs> could you tell me what year that was? Well, it's uh, 2010. Okay. 2010. So, uh, yeah. No, Joel or I wouldn't have been there. We would have been just hired in Napoleon. Actually, we'd have been one year in Napoleon. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you want to cover chief Skeldon? No, I think you uh, you pretty much covered all the basics and what the conference does and what it's all about. And uh, I truly appreciate giving the opportunity for Chief Wallace to uh, to share share about the conference. And thank you guys for your time. Thank you both for all your time from the Triple P podcast, premier professional and proactive. Make sure you make it out this year to the Ohio Fire and Rescue Officer Development Conference. It's going to be on July 18th. It's going to run through the 22nd and uh, take advantage of all the hard work that Chief Tom Wallace and Chief Scott Skelton had put into making this conference the best conference for the Ohio firefighters, the Ohio fire chiefs. We love to see you out there. Thanks again, uh, chiefs. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please help us spread the word by telling your fire and EMS friends about this channel. Chief O'Brien has been serving the fire and EMS community since 2005 with the support from his wife, Bobby, son, Ashton, and daughter, Aislinn. Chief O'Brien began as a volunteer and worked his way up to the rank of fire chief in 2015. He began his full-time career with the city of Faustoria in 2008 and moved to the city of Napoleon in 2009, where he has been a fire chief since 2015. Chief O'Brien is a progressive servant leader. He is committed to improving the fire service through developing young men and women into becoming leaders in the fire service. You will often hear Chief O'Brien ask his staff and others he encounters in the profession, what are you doing today to make the fire service better than it was yesterday? He's extremely passionate about training in all disciplines and is enormously proud of bringing a state-of-the-art training facility to the city of Napoleon. Chief O'Brien holds an associate's degree in fire science and a bachelor's degree in business administration. He is a nationally registered paramedic, firefighter two, fire inspector, hazmat technician, and fire EMS, ACLS, and PALS, as well as a CPR instructor. Chief O'Brien is an active member with the Henry County Fire Chiefs, Northwest Ohio Chiefs, the Ohio Fire Chiefs, and the International Association of Fire Chiefs. He participates weekly with the Napoleon Rotary Club, sits on the Substance Misuse and Community Partnerships Committees, and is on the executive board for the LEPC. Joel Fry is the Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue in the city of Napoleon, Ohio. He has been in the fire service for 13 years. 
Joel has obtained an associate's degree in fire science and a bachelor's degree in fire administration. Joel is a nationally certified paramedic, firefighter two, fire instructor, EMSCE instructor, CPR instructor, hazmat technician, and fire safety inspector. Joel heads up the prevention, public education division, and works to create strong relationships throughout the community in which he serves. Joel has a wonderful wife, Katie, and four young boys at home. He is a member of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, the OFCA Education Committee, Northwest Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, the Northwest Ohio Fire Prevention Association, the Henry County Fire Chiefs Association, and the treasurer of the Henry County Firemen's Association Training Commission.